0: I'm not feeling the love. Well, if Amber Lou Allen was here, she put on Facebook to preach her, like, we miss you. We can't t- take Buchanan anymore. And uh, Sandra Spears was one of them. Then my wife got on there was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm like, boy, that's so encouraging. So, um, But, uh, no, I'm not preaching tonight. But uh, we do have a great, 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 great treat tonight. Um, preacher's still, uh, I shouldn't say still in revival. He was up in Athens uh, last week preaching revival, and now he's up in um, Columbus, Ohio, Preaching revival, um, so I think this is the last night. So he'll be returning home tomorrow. But we have the great treat—we <laughs> have the great treat of having uh, Brother Willis Lee with us tonight. Um, he's been in our church for about three years. It doesn't seem like three years. We were talking about that a little earlier. Uh, it doesn't seem like three years to me. I know probably y'all think it's been like forever. Um, but they're—they're uh, they're just part of us as just anybody else. So uh, let's uh, welcome him just like how we know how. Okay. All right man good to be here it's a cow a cold morning thanks for that warm hand man that's great and uh good to be here tonight and um i know a lot of you by faces and i have to say i don't know all of you by names and in a church like this you won't know everybody by name by the time you get everybody's name you think then somebody new comes in that's what a church is all about isn't it seeing new people come in but uh we, uh, as, as Brother Buchanan said, about three years ago, almost three years ago this no, November, uh, we found uh, ourselves in a very difficult situation. I was associate pastor in a church for 21 years in Fultondale. That's where we live. And, um, and we just found ourselves in between churches. You know, it was time for us to leave, and we left. And we began to look for a good uh, church in our area. And I tell you, uh, that's quite a challenge to try to find a good church these days. With every church on the cor- a church on every corner, just about, you would think that you could find good churches everywhere. But we we didn't find any. And I remember one Sunday morning, I said, you know what? A long time ago, about ten years ago, we went to this little church up in Coleman a revival meeting It's you know, a little church on highway 157 and the, the auditorium or the church sanctuary there seats about a hundred but uh and we we i, I attended a revival meeting and i said well let's just go up there we'll we'll uh, we'll never we'll never go to church up there but let's just let's we've been trying here let's just give it a shot and we drove up to coleman and when we no kidding i mean the devil fought us all the way we took exit 310, was getting off, getting ready to make that left-hand turn. And all the way, my wife or, or her, something happened that day. I'm not sure, it was a tooth or eye or something, something in her eye. And it got so bad, she said, I don't think I, I can make it. So we ended up going to the CVS Baptist Church that day. <laughs> so, and we had to go to CVS and try to get some medication. And uh, so we turned back around, drove 44 miles back home. And the next Sunday we said, well, let's try it again. And we tried it again. And uh, the folks here didn't know that there was uh, somebody from Fulton Dale that had a broken heart. But we walked in that door back there, and the first person we met was Johnny Lawrence. And at that time he was over the care ministry. And uh, I don't know, it was just one of those, as we pray around here, those divine appointments and that was a divine appointment. I just felt like I knew Johnny. I felt like I've known him for all my life. The very moment we met, it was that way. And we came here, and people just loved on us and cared for us. And those that, uh, that know me here tonight know that I went through a um, difficult time after we ca- came here. Uh, I um, was diagnosed with, a, with a, a something uh, It's called myasthenia gravis. That basically if you didn't encourage your heart that means grave muscle disease um, my eyes started drooping I used to have to take my fists and make myself chew I mean it was really really bad I didn't know what it was double vision I look out and everything was I was cross-sighted and uh, so I long story short I had a surgery and during the surgery um, there was something that happened <clears throat> and I lost my voice and for 10 months I couldn't I could barely talk but I would I'd, I would sound like an old rough pirate on a ship. In fact, Johnny, he'd come out every Sunday. Every Sunday, I wish he was here. Man, I would, I would, I would embarrass him or something. But every Sunday, he'd, he'd see me, and he'd go, Arrgh! <laughs> you know? <laughs> I said, you wait, I get my voice back. But uh, I did. I'd sound like a rough pirate. Uh, I couldn't go through a, a drive-through to order a meal. I couldn't talk to people on the cell phone without them hanging up on me because they couldn't understand me. And every Sunday during the care ministry, Brother David Galloway, he said, Brother Willis, will you lead us in prayer? <laughs> I said, Brother David, please. You know, I didn't say that out loud. I said, here I am. No one, I said, no one hears me. I said, well, I'm praying to the Lord anyway. But any, we it's been a journey for us, and we've been here for about three, three years. And uh, um, it's a blessing to be here. Uh, folks, never take for granted what you have. And that's just one of the, the the care ministries. Just one of the many ministries that go on here, as you know, well know. But uh, the, the the little things that you do can make a big impact on somebody's life. And I and I just I, I, I said I'm not going to drive forty. I'm not going to drive over forty miles to church. That's ridiculous. But you know what? That, that those forty-four miles each week. Um, doesn't I don't even think about it anymore. It just, just doesn't seem that that long. And with, this is our home church. This is this is where we call home. And I uh, and I see a lot of nodding heads. You you all of you have stories, I'm sure, of what the, the blessing of this church is to you. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, to uh, Psalms chapter number thirty four. Psalms chapter number thirty four. I'm not exactly sure. Um, what I need to do tonight as far as uh, you know if there's a certain way to expect but I just want to share something maybe this is a testimonial message it's somewhat of a Bible study but um, this is one of those messages that has been birthed through the many things that God has brought us through and um, so let's look at it I I want us to look at some things in God's word about the ways that God answers prayer. We all believe that God answers prayer. We can experience, we can lift our hand up high, we can testify tonight. If we were to begin, we'd probably be here for the rest of the time testifying about the many ways that God answers prayer. I, I can look around and I see people that have come through these doors and the people that we have ministered to through the care ministry. And and it's it's amazing how you hear about the prayer that goes on for. For folks, and then to see them uh, receive the Lord or have a m- need met in their life, so we believe that God answers prayer. But there are different ways that God answers prayer, and the and the lesson, I guess, if you were to go away from a lesson, go away with a lesson tonight, it would be this: that Father knows best. You know the old TV series. I'm giving out my age now. You know, some of you don't remember that TV show, but there was an old TV show called Father Knows Best. It was about an ideal American family and the title of that show was Father Knows Best but you know in reality when it comes to the Lord and when it comes to the Word of God our Father does know best and sometimes we pray about things sometimes we seek God's face about things and and if you're like me I've, I'm one of these kind of guys that's got to connect all the dots you know this dot goes here and this one goes here and and I gotta come up. I've gotta have. I've gotta pray, but I've gotta help God answer that prayer. How many are like that tonight? You know, I'll I'll have a burden on my heart. I'll have a need in my life, and I'll pray to the Lord, and I'll say, "Well, Lord, I'm praying about this." And then I'll I'll find myself trying to orchestrate things myself to get God to answer that prayer that I just prayed. Well, that's not exactly how it's supposed to work in Scripture, but we all believe that God does answer prayer, and I'm thankful tonight that the Holy Spirit of God draws people to the Lord. On a November night back in 1973 in Wilmington, North Carolina, the Holy Spirit of God dealt with my heart, and He drew me to Himself. That night, I got saved. I received the Lord as my Savior. And I'm thankful tonight that one of the most powerful benefits of being a Christian is not only having a God but having a father, a father that loves me, a father that cares for me, a father that I can come to and I can give him all my burdens and all my requests and the things that hurt me, the things that make me happy, I can come to that father and he knows all about it. Father knows best. In Psalms chapter 34, there uh, actually throughout the book of Psalms, Psalms is a record of prayer petitions, thanksgivings, praises to God by his people. And interwoven throughout the Psalms are the many petitions or prayers of David and the many ways that God answers prayer. It's interesting if, if you'll take time. I, I I've just fallen in love with Psalms again. Psalms is one of those books of the Bible that you just never you just it never gets old to you. And uh, all the Word of God is that way, but especially Psalms. Sometimes you know we, we know that we we uh, as a child of God we ought to be having our quiet time with the Lord and we ought to be worshiping Him. But how many times as a Christian you say, well? I know I need to do it. I'm going to do something quick. I'll just read a psalm today. Psalms is is a kind of book that you can read one chapter and sometimes even one verse. And it brings blessing and fulfillment to your life. Sometimes, like uh, the book of uh, 1 Samuel or, or Kings, sometimes you might have to read several chapters before you get the full story and receive that blessing. But in Psalms, you can go to one verse and you can say, Man, that's my verse for today. So Psalms is like that. Psalms chapter 34, we're going to look at the, these, these petitions, some of these, these prayers that, that David had. But as you go through Psalms, I, I, something I've, uh, I've uh, become aware of and aware of again recently is the many times in Psalms that it seems like that God is, is bringing us back to one truth, And that truth is trust in me. Trust in me. For example, did you know that over 58 at least 58 times, probably even more, that word trust is found in the book of Psalms? For example, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. In chapter 37, verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land. Here's another example of what I'm talking about. Psalms 52, verse 23. I trust in the mercy of God forever. Here was, here was a psalmist another time, chapter 56, verse 3. What times I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You see, many times, we would not have time to read them all, but at least 58 times in the book of Psalms, we find the psalmist with that one theme about trusting in the Lord. But there's another th- theme that runs throughout Psalms 2. And that theme is crying out to the Lord. Now, it seems like that those two are opposite. Well, if I'm trusting the Lord, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, it's going to happen. K sera, sera. I just, just got to live here. I'll trust the Lord. And that's, that's the way it will be. No. The Bible also wants us to seek him and to cry out for him. I came across a little book some months ago. If you ever get your hands on it, so no, it's an older book. Uh, it's a little book. You remember the, the little book, The Prayer of Jabez that came out? Remember the little, little small book? It's a book that, that's shaped like that, but it's not The Prayer of Jabez. It's called Crying Out by Bill Gothard. And basically through that book, he goes through the Psalms and through the Word of God about the many times that God's servants daily cried out to the Lord. Let's look at it in some some of the uh, in Psalms. Um, there's some examples of that in Psalms chapter 17, verse one. The Bible says, "Attend to my cry, give ear unto my prayer." Psalms 55, verse 17 says, "Evening and morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud." So. What I'm saying is this. There's a balance here. Yes, God wants us to trust in Him. But that trust is not a trust that we just are lazy. Or it's not a trust that we're just content just to be idle. God also wants us to seek after Him. He also wants us to cry aloud after Him. And don't ever be ashamed of crying. I remember when I was heard... Um, oh, what's his name? of The Jimmy Hale Mission down in Birmingham, Alabama. Ta- Tony Cooper, I heard him preach one night. And if you ever hear Tony Cooper preach, he cannot preach without just sobbing and crying. And during the middle of a serious time of a service, he said, folks, he said, I can't help for crying. He said, God, when he created me, he put my kidneys behind my eyeballs and they just leak. <laughs> But there is a truth of crying out to God, isn't there? Ways that God answers prayer. I want you to hear the heart of David about prayer. Psalms is the recordings of David the shepherd boy, or some of, some of the recordings of David the shepherd boy, who became king, the man after God's own heart. And in Psalms 34, I want you to see what David says about this thing about prayer and the many ways that God answers. He says in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Listen to this. This is prayer. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears they looked into him and were enlightened, and their faces were not ashamed how many can testify to this verse this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles now go to verse 15 the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Do you hear the heart of David? David is saying, as I trust in God, and as I cry out to God, that I have a God that's not deaf but he hears my prayers. We all know that God hears our prayers. Throughout the many Psalms you will find the many ways that God answers prayer and it was not always the same way. Let's look at, at three of them tonight. The first way that God will answer our prayer is by the answer yes and And for the sake of Brother Malcolm, and God bless him up in Ohio, I've got to give him an alliterated outline, okay? I can't just come in here and give you a one-word outline. Yes, that's a powerful response. Now, that's not up on the board, or it's not in my notes up here, but if you want to write it beside the little note page that you've got there, the first way that God answers our prayer is a powerful response, and that is by saying yes. Yes. Hey, let's confess it tonight. Isn't that how we all want our prayers to be answered? Isn't that, the way, isn't that the response that we all want when we pray? Is that we have a burden on our heart and we have a difficulty in our life in those times of trouble? Isn't that what we want God to do? Say, yes, I'm going to answer that prayer. And that is one way that God answers prayer. Let's face it, we all want that. But why does God answer prayer? Yes, when we pray. The first reason that God, the first reason why God answers yes to our prayers is because he wants to show his power. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Psalms 34, verse 6, we've already read it. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. All throughout time, there are evidences in God's Word of people that have been delivered from big stuff, people that have had had sicknesses for years, And people gathered around them and prayed. And God said yes and healed that person. There were even people in the Bible, Old Testament and New, that when people prayed that God raised people from the dead. There were times in Scripture that that, that there were people that were in storms. There were people that were in difficult times. There were people that were in danger. There were people that had hard hearts. And when God's people prayed, God said yes, and he proved his mighty power. I like something that Brother Malcolm told me one morning, Sunday morning, I was sharing a blessing with him, and I was, I was so ecstatic about this answer to the prayer. I was very emotional about it, and, and I said, and God did it just because he can. He said, Brother Lee, let me tell you something, God did it because he wants to. Cause he wants to God wants to show his awesome power throughout through saying yes but there's another reason that God says yes to our prayer and that is to fulfill his promises all throughout scripture you will find promises that God makes to his people I lived in Chattanooga Tennessee for three years of my life I went to seminary cemetery, or seminary whatever it is uh, I, I was I was uh, up there in Bible school and um of course, Chattanooga is a mountainous area. And they had a weather forecaster on one of the local TV station. His name was Paul. don't remember his last name. But uh, he was a tall, uh, handsome-looking guy. He was, a, he was a weather broadcaster. And they did these little commercials because they wanted you to watch their station and their weather. And they'd have different sites. They'd have someone on a beach, and it was sunshine, a real pretty day. And then they'd zoom on that person and they'd say, Paul said it'd be like this. And then they'd go on top of Lookout Mountain and it was snowing during the winter. And they'd zoom in on that person and they'd say, Paul said it'd be like this. And then they'd be pouring down rain, thunder and lightning. And you guess it, they'd zoom in on that person and they would say, Paul said it'd be like this. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I lived in Chattanooga three years Three years I lived in Chattanooga. And sometimes Paul was wrong. <laughs> sometimes Paul would say it'd be like this and it wasn't that way. Sometimes he said it was going to be a pretty shiny day and if you ever live in Chattanooga you're going to experience rain. Dr. Lee Robertson said this is the only w- place in the world where uh, he, said, he said that's where the reign of Christ was going to be because it's the only place in the world could reign for a thousand years. <laughs> so, so I'm saying Paul was wrong many, t- many times. But I want to assure you of something tonight. When you look in God's word and you see a promise that God has given to his people, you can go ahead and take it to the bank that it's going to be fulfilled because God is never wrong. And he says yes because he wants to fulfill those promises. There's another reason he wants to, to say yes to our prayers. There's another reason that when we bring our burdens to the Lord and we bring our difficulties and our troubles and our, and our celebrations to the Lord, why God says yes. There's another reason, and that is, that is this. Because God wants to provide for his people. Philippians 4, verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God says yes because he wants to provide for his people. I was working, I do a little construction work, and I'm around all kinds of people. Some of those people don't share the same faith that I do. Some of them do. I had a guy that come in the other day, and, and he was a, a Christian young uh, Christian older man, and uh, he said he said Brother Willis, let me tell you something. I want to share a blessing with you. He said um, he said a lot of times people are praying for this paycheck from heaven. He said I want to let you know I've got a paycheck from heaven. Uh, and uh, this lost guy was over. He said he said God's never given me a paycheck from heaven. He said, oh yes, he has. He said. If you've got a job, you've got a paycheck from heaven. If you've got good health, you've got a paycheck from heaven. Sometimes we think of the blessings of God just in the sense of dollars and cents. But if we've got blessings of life, we've got a desire in our heart to even be here tonight. That's a paycheck from heaven. Now, don't get me wrong. God does provide in miraculous ways. Uh, I was telling him, I said, listen, brother. He said, "I, I agree what you're saying. I said, I said, but I, I said, but and God is able to do those other things. There was a there's some guy in North Carolina. I don't even know who he is, but for the past two uh, seasons, seasons around Christmas time, he'd send me these sizable checks. One for thousand dollars, one for eleven hundred dollars. I hope he keeps on doing it. it might get up to about two thousand, but I don't know who he is. He's just from North Carolina, and he sends it to me every year. God's able to do that. God's able to provide those needs. God's able to answer those prayers. Now, by the way, you've got to make sure it's a need. When I was in Bible college years ago, I'm not going to tell you how long ago, but years ago when I was in Bible college, there was a student that that prayed for a car. It was a need he had, and God gave him a car. I said, man, I want God to give me a car. And I began to pray. Brother Tim, I prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, give me a car. I prayed some more, God, give me a car. God never gave me a car. You know why? Because it wasn't a need. But God says he will supply your needs according to his riches. And I'm so glad it's not my riches, but it's his. He loves to say yes to provide for his people. I could go on and on, and so could you, of the many ways that God has answered prayer. Let me share with you something that's very special to me, though. This is not about money. This is not about a financial need. But it was during that same time that I came to Temple Baptist Church, if you just knew me then and how discouraged this, this preacher was. If you just knew me then how how I felt like I was just all alone and no one cared. I remember going over to a young couple's house in Springville, Alabama. They asked me to come over to their house. They were, Their were house parents at the Big Oak Ranch, John Croll's Big Oak Ranch, a good friend of mine. We were having dinner with them and then gentleman said listen I want you to come down to the living room we went down to the living room and sat and I could tell that he was very serious about what he was about to say he had a little envelope with a financial gift in it and he said he said brother Wilson he's like 28 years old 28 years old he's not he's not 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 a prophet he's not he's not a a, a, a longtime follower of Christ as far as being age-wise but he, uh, he sat on you know, his living room sofa and he said, he said, Brother Wells, he said, God's put you on my heart. God's put you and your wife, Miss Don on, on my heart and my wife's heart. He said, to the point that the other night I was laying in bed and I couldn't go to sleep. I just laid there crying and praying for y'all. He said, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. He said, I didn't want to make a, I didn't want to, get up and I didn't want to make a disturbance because I wake up my wife from sleeping well about 3 o'clock I realized that she was awake too and she was praying for y'all so when we realized that we both got up and went downstairs and we knelt back down by the sofa and we began to pray for y'all and he said this he said brother Willis he said I'm not a great Christian and I certainly haven't been saved as long as you have he said, but when we knelt down and prayed for y'all by that sofa, when we finally got through praying and we got off off our knees and looked out our window, we saw the sun rising. Well, Wilson, I prayed all night for you. You're talking about something that will encourage your heart. You're talking about something you say, hey, listen, I can go another mile further. You're talking about saying, dear God, you've met this need. You've answered my prayer, and you did it by saying yes. That did it for me during that time in my life. Man, God wants to provide for our needs, doesn't he? And he does that by saying yes to our prayers. But I must say this. There's another way that God answers prayer that's just as important. Sometimes God says no. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and by the way, if you'll listen to me, it's not bad news. But sometimes God says no and for the sake of the outline, this is the professed refre- refusal. The professed refusal. Psalms 35, just one chapter over. We won't take time to read the, the entire chapter, but let me read two or three verses because the entire chapter is David, and I want you to hear his heart. I want you to sense what he's, what he's going through. Here's David saying, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. All throughout Psalms 35, you will find the David, the man after God's own heart, pleading with God. And there's no... Evidence in chapter number 35 that God ever said yes. There's no, there's no, it, it's, it appears to be, it appears that David was pouring out his heart to God about some things that concerned him. But instead of God saying yes, he said no. Now, listen to me very carefully. If you, over in 2 Corinthians, if you want to turn there, you can, but. If not, just listen to it as I read it. 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul also went through the same thing. Chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, it says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. This is Paul speaking. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. And that word buffet means to beat Uh, buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice three times that it might depart from me and here was God's response and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me what was Paul saying? Paul was saying, I had this this burden, this thorn in the flesh, this thing that just got under my craw, this thing that, that bothered me, this thing that, that he even said the messenger of Satan buffeted him. He beat him down. He just beat him. and, and He was, I don't know, some people have their ideas about what it was about. I'm not going to speculate, but I do know that there was something going on in Paul's life that was so burdensome to him that he came to God. And it wasn't just a now lay me down and sleep prayer. It wasn't something just in passing. But I believe that the Apostle Paul agonized and agonized and prayed and besought the Lord on three different occasions. He said he did that. But instead of God saying, yes, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Now why in the world would a holy, loving God at sometimes answer our prayers by say, by saying no. Why would someone that loves me so so richly? Why would someone that knows knows everything about me? Why would he? Why would he do that? Well, there are some good reasons for it. The first reason is this: the first reason that God says no sometimes to our prayers is because He wants to extend His protection. There are things that we ask for and sometimes they're not necessarily bad things that God protects us by saying no. During that same time that we came to temple, you might remember this. I think one of my prayer requests, Johnny was back here, he met me, He said, and I mean just right there he said, is there anything I can pray about? And I'm I'm pretty sure the first thing out of my mouth was, Pray that we can sell our house. You see, this is one of those times, brother Buchanan, that I had it all worked out how God was going to answer this prayer. I left this church, sell my house, go to my next church. That's what's going to happen. We had our house up for sale. And, and 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 let me tell you the blessing about all that. I had the pastor at First Baptist Garden, Kevin Ham, come come to me. He said, He said, We have a missionary home. When you sell your home, he said, You just uh he said you that house is yours you can stay there man great about a week later i had another guy come to me he built a house for his mother i mean this house was a probably a two or three hundred dollar home we, me and donna walked in there donna started crying she said i've never seen anything this nice before he, they said we could stay there for free i said wow man god's getting ready to do something and then i had a uh, someone call me i, I young man and his wife was in bible college up in knoxville tennessee he says we're in college we won't be back for a long time we've got our home there in in Pinson. he said you stay there as long as you want to wow man god is going to sell my home and we begin to pray and finally we get that person that was going to buy our home man this was it had had the contract we, were getting, we, were, we, we even began to box up things. Hey, man, God sold our home. One week later, my agent called me and said, that person's got the contract on. The man just lost his job, and they can't buy your home. Oh, Lord. begin to pray again. We had another contract. I think we had three different contracts in our home, and every single one of them fell through. We're still living in that home. But you know what? What would have happened if my home would have sold? Well, I'll tell you what would have happened with the first house that was offered to us. A missionary had to come home unexpectedly, and they gave that house to that missionary. The second house that was promised to us, um, he rented it to somebody. The third home that was offered to us, they had to come back from Bible college. I guess I've been living with Buchanan if 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 God would answer that prayer, man I would I'd been I'd been lost, wouldn't I? What are you saying? I'm simply saying there are things that we pray for sometime and we just in our gut we just say, Man, this is what God wants. We're going for it But sometimes God says no and we don't understand it, but later on you'll understand why, because sometimes it's to protect you. It's to protect you. There's another reason that God says no. And that is this, so that hurt can be prevented. How many things have we asked for only to find out later that should God had answered yes, it would have brought harm to us? Oh, we could go all night about that. But let me give you a ridiculous illustration about that. I love grits. I mean, I love grits so much that when I was in Bible college up north, they did not have grits. I couldn't understand that the 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 United States biggest grits factories in Chicago and I was near there. But they didn't serve grits. They served cream of wheat, they served oatmeal. And all these Yankees, they'd put sugar and milk in their cream of wheat and oatmeal. And I'd sit there I'd just shake my head said son y'all ain't lived yet until you had some grits. I would go in there and I I'd I'd walk down the hall of that northern college and all these Yankees. I'd, I'd say, hey, they said, what you want? I mean, they, it was different up there. They just th- did things different. And I'd sit around the table, sit there, put their milk and sugar. And, and, and finally, one day, they had grits at the cafeteria. Glory be to God, man, I tell you what, I was living in heaven then. And these Yankees, they, they got these grits, and I sat around the table. And you guessed it. You know what they did, the grits? They put sugar, and milk, and grits. I said, man, y'all, what is wrong with you? Boy, I got my cheese and my salt and pepper, and I stirred those grits until they became yellow. Woo, son, you're talking about heaven. Man, I love grits. But let's suppose that we were sitting around the table, and I was having my grits, and over in the middle of the table, there was a bottle with a little skull with an X on it. It was poison. Now, I'm making this up. You know I am. I said, David, will you pass the poison? I want to put some of that in my grits. He said, you thought we were crazy? (laughs) Yeah, pass it on down here. I want to put some in my my grits. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll hurt you. Isn't that what God does to us? He knows what's best. He's our father. And sometimes he will say no because it, what we're praying for is going to hurt us and it's going to harm us. That's, a, that's one another reason why God says no. There's another reason that God says no, and that is this, so that a greater wisdom can be presented. So that a greater wisdom can be, be presented. Your Heavenly Father's love is indescribable. He loves you when no one else would love you. He loves you more than anyone else would love you. But He has your best interest in mind when He says no. And you can mark it, or mark it down, and you can be rest assured that those times in your life when God says no, there's something that He wants you to learn. There's something He's trying to teach you. There's some truth that you haven't learned yet, and He needs to get it across to you. And that's how our Heavenly Father works. Isn't that what happened to Job? Job was the most upright man in his time. He had all these lands and possessions, and cattle and sheep, and farmlands and possessions and everything. And God allowed Satan to try or test test Job. And um. And God spoke to Job in chapter one, but in. Chapter 1, verse 13, all the way, all the way, all the way to chapter 38, God never spoke to Job again until chapter 39. He was a righteous man. He was a man that was, he said, was the most righteous in the land. But but there was something that God allowed Job to go through so that God could show him a greater truth. And that's what happens to us. I won't take time to elaborate on that right now. We're, well, we're, we're doing fine with time. The real purpose of prayer is that we know him, not necessarily that we get things. We pray and we say, Lord, I need this. Lord, I'm praying for this burden. Lord, I'm praying for that, this, and the other. But sometimes God says, just hold on, just wait, wait a minute. I've got something greater I want to teach you. I've got something more important that I want to teach you. And that's why God says no sometimes. Hey, very quickly, let's look at this. Sometimes God says, wait, wait. God says yes to show us his great power. God shows us uh, no. And then he says, now, sometimes God will answer by saying wait. That's his providential Refrain, his providential refrain. Let's go back to Psalms chapter uh, twenty-eight. Psalms chapter twenty-eight. There's a there's a truth here. Sometimes God says wait about things that we pray for, but in Psalms chapter twenty-eight is recorded one of those times. Notice what the psalmist says in verse number one. It says, "Unto thee will I cry." Hey, there it is again. If you notice how these things just keep popping up, boom, boom, boom. There they are. Cry. <clears throat> Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me. Be not silent. Lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Look in uh, chapter 30, verse number 7. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. Chapter thirty-five, verse uh, 35, verse 22. This thou hast seen, O Lord, keep not silence, O Lord, be not far from me. Sometimes God, when we pray about things on our heart, sometimes he will say yes because he just wants to show his mighty power. But sometimes, and we need to understand this, sometimes he'll say no, but there's a purpose behind that. And then there's other times he says, oh yes, I'm going to answer that prayer. But it's time to wait a while. It's not time for it yet. Boy, I tell you what, if God answered my prayer by saying yes the moment that I prayed him, you know what that would produce in my life? A faithless person. I would just say, well, there's no need, no need to pray. I can just go about my merry way. Everything I ask, boom, he's going to give it just like that. But that's not how God works. Sometimes he says, what you're praying for is right, what you're praying for is good. What you're praying for is needed. But I'm going to tell you, you need to wait a while because we've got to perfect this plan. Notice what uh, happened over in 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, if Let me just turn back, back there. 1 Kings chapter 17 is a story uh, of Elijah. Well, let me get, 1 Kings chapter 17. I want you to notice... Uh, few verses here starting in verse number one the Bible says in Elijah the Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab Ahab was a wicked king as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to thy word that was a yes wasn't it <laughs> I was a yes to answer that was an answer to prayer I tell you he's ready to go now He's ready to go. Man, Elijah, he just prayed. rain stopped. It's not going to rain. He faced the king, this wicked king. He confronted him. Oh, boy, he rolled up his sleeves, ready to go. But in verse number 2, look what God told him. He says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook of Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now this was during the time of drought, by the way. He was taken care of by God, but he was in a waiting mode. And then, in verse 7, and it came to pass, after a while, after that time he waited, after a while, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, and this is another time the word came to him. And in verse 9, he says, Arise, get thee the Seraphath, which belongeth to Zion, and dwell there, behold, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. Now, notice, I want, I want you to notice that in verse uh, number from chapter 17, when you're reading about Elijah, Elijah prayed, he confronted this wicked king, he prayed for it not to rain, and it did not rain. I mean, that was an answer to prayer. We went through chapter 17, and God says, Okay, Elijah, he said, You're not ready yet. He says, I got something to teach you, I got something I want you to know. I got something I want to. I, I got something I want to perfect in you, and uh, and he said uh, he, he went through chapter seventeen and he says, "Go hide thyself by the brook of Cherith." By the way, the book, the word Cherith, means to cut out. And a lot of times when we're in that waiting mode, there are some things in our life that God has to cut out, isn't there? In chapter seventeen, but then ch- chapter eighteen came. Look what he said in verse number one. He says. And it came to pass after many days, that many days meaning what, that time that he was waiting, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. He was there three years saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab. Now he went from to go hide thyself to go show thyself. Um, That's what happened here in, in chapter number 18. And there are times in our life that we pray, we pray, and we pray some more. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those dreams that you have in your life, those things that you want God to do in your life, those things that those, those. it may be a healing, it may may be a situation that you want to go away, it may be a financial need, it may be a number of things, those things that have brought us to our knees, and we have prayed. I remember, uh, it may let me just share this with you. I remember during that time that I, I told you I was diagnosed and I had this in injury, I guess, during surgery where I lost my voice. Man, I, I, I love doing what I'm doing now. I, 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 don't, I don't do as good a job as Brother Malcolm does. You know, but he, man, he's a great, great man of God. But I am Willis Lee and I'm doing the best I can. And that's something I love to do. It's, it's a word that we hear around here. That's what we're passionate about. Man, I love, I love to be able to take God's word and to preach it and see it change lives. Man, I love to see that. Can you imagine going 10 months and you can't even speak? You can't talk. People can't understand you. And you say, God, why is this happening? Or, Lord, this is something I love to do. And the thing that I have to have to do it, Lord, it seems like you've taken away from me. I can't begin to describe to you what I went through during that time. I had my surgery on May night. I'm sorry, July 19th, 2010. When I came out of surgery and I realized that my voice did not come back, my doctor told me and said, well, these things happen. And normally about, normally you'll get your voice within six months. So I said, well, that's a big encouragement. <laughs> I counted the first month, uh, August 19th, my voice was still gone. September 19th. My voice was not back yet. October 19th, three months. And every, it seemed like every month that ticked away, it seemed like the more discouraged I'd become on that 19th. I began. To, we were praying. We were seeking the Lord. We said, Lord, please bring my voice back. They, they told me that the reason it, it, it takes that long is because of some type of healing process with your vocal cords. What happened to me is one of my vocal cords wasn't working. They wouldn't. It just. It was just paralyzed. And I. And I just had this old raspy, undesirable voice, and I couldn't do what I love to do. Now I love coming to here to worship and to hear the Word of God preached, and, and I love the fellowship, and I love going to life group, and I love all the things of the church here but there was just a longing desire I said, Lord, Lord I want to be able to have my voice back and I remember praying and I remember seeking God and I remember that January 19th rolled around that was, that was I think what six months no voice February came by March came by April came by still no voice we begin to see what other things we could do. And by the way, sometimes God chooses other ways to answer our prayer, doesn't he? Sometimes it's not by a direct touch. Sometimes he gives us good doctors, doesn't he? And by the way, if it's not by a direct touch, if it's not by good doctors, you can praise your God above that one day when we get to heaven, you'll receive your healing. Amen. You'll receive your healing. And I was content with that, for the most part. But oh, I just wanted to—I I had this passion to be able to be, be able to, to preach and, 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 and to preach and to teach God's word. That was my passion. And now my voice was gone. So I went through a little procedure. I won't go into all the details. I went through that little procedure, and I came out of the operating room, and I had my voice back. Man, I had my voice back. Man, that was great. And then I began to pray. I said, Lord, you give me a voice back? There's some reason that you you gave it back to me? I said, now will you please open doors? And not every week, but on a regular basis, God has opened those doors. For whatever reason, I don't know, but I'm sure enjoying it. I'm sure enjoying being able to come here tonight and, and share God's word. I'm sure enjoying going to different places around the state and being to share God's word. You see, what, what are you saying? But, but see, God had me in a waiting mode. There were some things that he had to teach me. There were some things that he wanted to show me. Now, let, let me, very quickly, we we are running out of time now. Why does God say wait to our prayers? Why What is he trying to do? First of all, one reason that God says wait a while um, Well, let me back up. Psalms 27, verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. During those times, don't get discouraged. Just praise God that God knows best. But why does God say wait? First of all, he does it to purify our hearts. Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any way in me and lead me to a way of everlasting. You see, during those times that we're, in, we're waiting, we're praying, we're seeking God, we're walking with Him, we're living for Him, and we're praying about things, realize that God is trying to purify your heart. The Bible calls that purging. I remember years ago, um, I got my first gas grill. Man, I love, I love to be able to grill stuff out. I had the the old charcoal kind, and I love the flavor of that. But I had my first gas grill. Boy, well, I was excited. Brought it home, unloaded it, had the tank there, and it was in, and it was empty. And I had to get it filled. And I said, Well, man, that's that's great. I'll just go in and put some gas in it. And I'll be ready to go. They said, Ah, ah, ah. You gotta wait now. You've got to purge that tank first. I said, Well, listen. I come here to get, just get my the tank filled. I'm, I I wasn't planning on paying to have it purged. He said, well, let me explain to you what's going to happen. There are some imperfections and some impurities in that air in that tank. And we have a system where we hook the hoses, and it takes all those impurities, draws them out, and then we can put that pure gas in there. Isn't that what God does to us? When we go through those waiting times, God is just trying to purge us. He's trying to purge our hearts and to purify our hearts and make, him, make our hearts for him. There's another reason, and that is that he wants to prepare us for his plan. Jeremiah 18 tells us that he has a plan for us. In verse 4, it says, uh, about, in Jeremiah, it says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it another, again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And we can be sure that during these waiting times that God has a plan for our life. Um, It's not that God, it's not that these tasks are too difficult for God. It's not that God needs more time to develop this plan. God can do it. If If he can speak this world into being, don't you think he could create the perfect situation right now? But God chose to do it that way because he has a plan for you. Again, it goes back to this thing about praying. Praying is not that we get stuff, but that prayer the object of prayer is that we know him. There's a third reason that he answers Wade, and that is to perfect us. Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. I want us to close by reading some scripture. Over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I guess my concern tonight for anybody that's listening to, to this message would be that you would go go away from here and say, well, there's no use to pray. God's already got it figured out anyway. And that's not what this message is about. My concern would be that there'd be someone in the sound of my voice that would that would that would say, well, I just thought answer was prayer. When well, God said yes, there's other ways God answers prayer, and it is for a purpose. But I want you to I want you to go away tonight. I want to leave here tonight realizing that I have a heavenly Father that loves me, Amen. and sometimes He will say no, and sometimes He'll say wait a while. But you know why He does that? Because He loves me. He loves me. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 26, I think says it just perfectly. Jesus was speaking when he said, Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you taking thought can add one cubit into his stature? And why take ye thought for, the ra- for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God loves you. God loves me. And sometimes we pray for things, And we don't understand, Lord, I've been praying for this thing for so long, and I don't understand why I haven't got the answer. Maybe you have got the answer. Maybe it's time just to accept what God has sent your way and say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Because whatever the answer is, you can rest assured that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you more than you, you could even imagine. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we've had together tonight.